Hello, and thanks for tuning in to another APW Property Podcast. Today, it's market mosey time as we take a look in the rearview mirror at August. With me to discuss significant housing market events are APW's dynamic duo, Stuart and Callum Williamson. APW advises expats on property purchases in the UK. They've been helping investors for over 30 years, and they're very happy to share their accrued knowledge through various outlets, such as their website, YouTube channel, brochures, and this podcast. Uh, So welcome, Stuart and Callum. Hello, Paul. Hi, Paul. Uh, My name's Paul Shearer. I'm a writer and journalist. I've been involved in property for the last 15 years, writing for broadsheet newspapers and for property companies such as GBA, Capita, IPSX, and GLP. Uh, Stuart, uh, you keep a close eye on the market with your weekly market wrap. Uh, Tell us what you noticed in August. Well, it's ongoing uh, negative news coming out about the cost of living um, going up. I mean, you've got inflation at 10%, which is pretty grim. You've got these logistical problems coming from um, the war in Ukraine, which is a terrible thing. Um, And then you've got, as I call it in this lady's um, market wrap, the canary in the mine, which is New Zealand. And they're the first people really to come out of the um, post-COVID boom. And they're putting their interest rates up by 100% from 025 to 2.5%. So it's really a case of everyone's got their eye on what's going to happen to New Zealand. And hopefully they'll come out of this okay. And it'll be a, an, an indicator of what the rest of the world will go through. Yes, well, the, the beginning of the month saw the Bank of England's expected rise in interest rates, which went up by half a percent in the UK to 1.75%. It was also the publication of another MPC inflation report, which we're going to have a look at later. But um, the interest rate uh, rise Stuart, was expected. Tell us where rates are heading and whether there has been a change in that trajectory. No, they're still expected to go up at least two more times probably topping out at about 2.75%. Uh, most of the big calculators from the different research houses are looking at a 3% perhaps top end. That could well be the case. And as far as I can see, if inflation does come down next year and the Bank of England is saying it will do, then that should be sufficient to stop the country becoming broad in a, a, a dreadful recession, but just bring inflation back down. Well, there were some alarmist reports yesterday, though, about the inflation rate actually being 18% at the moment or going to rise to 18%. Did you see it's, that? All ba- it's all based on the basket of goods you look at. So, you know, the government reg- regularly switches around what's in the basket of goods to suit its economic future. So it could well be higher than that. And I think in many countries, it certainly is a lot higher than what's stated. Um, and that's, yes, that's a worry. But all we can do really is just, from a housing market perspective, is our interest rates the only thing that's going to affect the UK housing market? No, there's a huge amount of cash that was built up during uh, the COVID lockdown. There's the fact that people are on a lot of fixed rates, 82%. The fact that people are very short of of labour, so we've got a very strong labour market. And these are things we never had before in the global financial crisis. So it may be grim out there, but there are still a lot of positive things that make it different this time. Earlier when, you know, Stuart said it depends on the basket of goods they're looking at. I mean, I study economics at school, believe it or not. And my economics teacher always used to say, you know, you put 12 economists in a room and you ask for a, um, an answer and you'll get 12 different answers. You know, it, everyone's got a different way of doing things and a different way of looking at things. So on what Stuart's saying there as well, I mean, 
we have had a lot of chat or we hear a lot of chat about rising house prices rising too much and a potential crash. I mean, looking at house prices, you've got to look at, are they growing unsustainably? And to look at that, you've got to look at them in comparison to sort of other rising costs. And with rising inflation, well, actually, house prices are not growing that much, you know. So do we have unsustainable growth? Perhaps not. Okay. Stuart, you've talked about um, negative real rates of interest on borrowing. Uh, can you just explain a little bit about that? Yeah, surely. I mean, if you're looking at a rate, I mean, again, things rates have gone up to 1.75 bank rate, which means that on average offshore, we're borrowing at about three and a half to four percent. You know, onshore, people are borrowing at say three percent. You compare that to inflation, and if inflation is 18 percent, as we you just quoted, then there's a 15 percent differential there. So actually, you're being paid 15% to borrow money because the money you're borrowing is going down by 15% in value as you're loaning it. Doesn't that point to rates being much, much higher and that they should be higher and that when the banks, central banks realise it, they're going to wrap up their interest rates very quickly? Well, it's, it's what are they trying to do? They're trying to control inflation. You know, it's short-term inflation, logistical inflation, energy prices, those sort of things. And okay, I'm not an economist. Um, I didn't study at school, but uh, I understand from my reading is that it is a short-term spike, and that's what the Bank of England is saying. Unless the Bank of England is misleading us or hasn't got it right themselves, but I would have thought all the big brains in Threadneedle Street would have had a better grasp on it than well, what. Here's a quote from the Bank of England inflation report. CPI inflation is expected to rise further and peak at just over 13% in 2022 quarter four. Uh, that's much higher than that was forecast in May. This overwhelmingly reflects the sharp increase in gas prices since May caused by Russia. The changes Ofgem has announced to the method for updating the household energy price cap are also expected to push up CPI inflation in the near term, though to a much lesser extent. Typical annual household fuel bills are projected to rise by around 75% in October when the price cap is next reset compared with the assumption of an increase of 40% in the May report. That would mean those bills are around three times higher than a year earlier. So they're already, May was only a few months ago and already all of the predictions have gone up. You know, this is inflation at 13% and that was the bank's uh, one and they're saying it was going to be higher for longer. They're saying it's going to stay above 9% for longer, right through into quarter three of next year, and only being at the target 2% in 2024. Uh, still relaxed about all of this, Stuart? That's still in line with what they're saying about interest rates, okay? Perhaps the interest rate caps at 3% is being a bit optimistic. But, you know, rightly so. I mean, from, from January, they're talking about average uh, energy costs of a person's pay packet being 16% which is you know, pretty shocking, really. But the point is, it'll still be coming down and by the end of next year. And also, interest rates should start to come down by then. But the point is, we're talking about really, we're talking about the future for house prices. And let's not confuse the future for house prices with other things. If you ha haven't got enough stock, if people can't afford to buy, they're going to have to rent, which is going to push up buy-to-lets. If you've got all those other factors like greater amount of savings out there for people to dig into. You've got a high employment situation. Those sort of things and all these fixed rates will protect people against a house price crash. 
So but it will. On the employment, be- the Bank of England inflation report, they did also predict that, you know, this en- energy price putting pressure on consumer price inflation depresses global growth. Uh, they used the recession word and the, the various different scenarios, either the recession was going to continue all the way through next year or it was very weak and stagnant growth, uh, which then had an impact, although the labour market is tight at the moment, as you say, it then had an Im- impact on employment, unemployment rates rising towards the latter half of next year. Now, surely at some point it must have an impact on house prices. Yeah, I, I do believe it's not going to, you know, house prices are not going to go up any longer. And I think those that were bought foolishly will probably fall in price. But on the average for UK house prices, I don't believe we'll have a correction of more than 5%, perhaps 10% at most. And that's what most people are saying. And that would still not take us below where it was prior to COVID. So it'd still be above 2020 prices. Yeah, I think that's important. You know, you need to look at the... um the overall trend you know you look at any 20-year property period i know that's you know might seem like a long time for a lot of people but any 20-year period regardless of recessions that have come before during that period prices have grown you know and and if you look at how long it takes for house prices to recover even if you do have a crash you know as we saw in 2008 you know it was two to four years depending on where you bought for those prices to recover Uh, and you know we've had what 14 percent in the past two years call it 10%, so 20% growth in two years, a price is going to crash 20% and come back down below that? Probably not. You know, they, they haven't previously in previous crashes. So even if we have a bit of a downturn and a slowing down in growth, which we will, I'm sure, I'm not sure whether it will be crash territory. And, and even then, if it is, if you buy well, you know, and you're buying in a place with the fundamentals, as we always bang on about, it's still going to have people renting it. It's still going to need people to live in it, which is still ultimately going to be paying you a rental income, albeit maybe the price has gone down, but you'll still be getting the same income because rents are very inelastic. Okay, well, that's one That's one side of it is house prices. And obviously, the other side from an investment perspective is the rental uh, that you're getting. Here's a quote from uh, the July 2022 report from RICS, uh, which was uh, the Royal Institution of Chartered Surveyors, commonly known as RICS. In the lettings market, tenant demand continues to rise, evidenced by a net balance of 36% of respondents reporting an increase. That said, although still firmly positive, this does seem to have lost a bit of momentum when compared with the readings of 62% and 50% recorded in the three months to January and April, so earlier on this year. On the supply front, a net balance of minus 8% of respondents noted a decline in new landlord instructions, identical to last quarter's readings, Consequently, rents are expected to continue to climb higher over the near term by a net balance of 57% of survey participants, with all parts of the UK anticipated to see a further pickup. So they do surveys of their members, and most of their members are saying that rents are going to continue to rise right across the UK. What does that mean for the property market? Well, it means that you know, you've got more people chasing less um, rental properties out there. I mean, there's 50% less rental properties on the market today than there was in 2020. So that means there's been a large pullback in the availability of stock, which is one of the things that is push- pushing up the market. And that will help support the buy-to-let market of people who are still there. Uh, Hamptons did a report this week where they said that the average cost of a three-bed 
flat two years ago is the equivalent of a two-bed flat today. So people have lost the equivalent of, of one bed that they can afford to rent on an average rent. So it does mean that property prices will be supported by that if you're in that buy-to-let sector. It's something we touched on on, on a previous market, Mosey. You know, if you know, inflation is going up and people's costs are going up and rents are rising as well, you know, that's going to put a lot of pressure on some renters, you know. So as a landlord or someone that owns investment properties, that is a contingency you will have to think about. And as we said, as you said in the last episode, proper planning prevents poor performance, you know. So you need to really think about what would happen if my tenant can't pay or if if costs go up or if, if you've got a HMO, if my costs go up, you know, will I increase the rent for the tenant or will I absorb it, you know, in the hope that they'll stay on. So you just need to sit down and have a bit of a think about it and put a contingency plan in place, you know, and and think about what, what you're comfortable with, you know, and think it through so you're not caught out, basically. Okay, with all of that in mind, uh, and looking at the latest house price data, are there any areas that are, you know, still exciting for you? Or are there areas that you're looking at look troubling? What are your top picks? I would have said if you're looking at, you know, the best locations to buy, you've got to look at the fundamentals. And there's still, if you have enough cash to invest, places like Oxford, Cambridge and Bristol are very solid. If you're looking at more of an entry level and you're trying to build a portfolio for the future, then Nottingham, Birmingham and Manchester are places to do it because they are the big you know, growth locations that benefit from the ties we've talked about before, you know, transport infrastructure and, and employment. And as we mentioned in previous discussions on Birmingham, you've got many, many different levelling up companies moving up there. And then over in Manchester, you've got a great you know, northern powerhouse concept. The Nottingham is, is benefiting from being a distribution centre for the country. So they're the sort of markets we're still positive on, but not all of those markets are going to do well. So you need to be careful not to overpay and make sure you're buying in a place where you will get 90% uh, occupancy from tenants. Yeah. So I, I read a good article the other day and it says, you know, you should never wait for the perfect property deal to come along because the perfect property deal was the one you saw yesterday. It's the one you're going to see tomorrow. It's the one you're going to see next week because, you know, within its own right, every deal represents something good and everything can have the fundamentals, even though it's not in the hotspot or whatever it may be. So yeah, you know, make sure you stick to the fundamentals um, the ties and the pies as well. And um, do your research. I know we harp on about that, but um, you know, if you are worried about prices downturning or a crash, then you need to be even more focused on buying in a solid location that has fundamentals underpinning it. Okay. Well, uh, that's all we've got time for, but it's very timely because next week uh, we're going to be looking at one of those areas, Birmingham. Uh, we've already covered it in a city watch, but this is a new uh, concept coming next week, which is a neighbourhood watch. Uh, so we're going to be looking at different neighbourhoods in Birmingham, uh, which is part of our help with your research. But uh, thank you very much for today. Uh, the Market Mosey, look back at August to Stuart Williamson. Cheerio, Paul. Thank you very much. And thank you to Callum. I'm going to say goodbye. I'm also going to say if you want to find our other information, we have heaps of videos on YouTube, articles on LinkedIn, Instagram and Facebook. So if you use those things and you'd like to follow us there as well, please go and do so. Thank you very much. Uh, my name's Paul Shearer. Have a lovely day.
Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast series produced for APW by Emma Holton at Brilliant Audio. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe, hit like, share it with your friends. If you didn't, keep stum. You can find more episodes in all your usual podcast places.